Forex Fridays, only on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to Forex Fridays. Instead of uh, recapping the month that was for Forex markets, we want to look ahead at arguably the big market movement, the uh, market event that is. Uh, for for this week, and that, that's because we are hours away from the speech by Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell at the Jackson Hole Symposium, and this could be the stage where they where the Fed might lay out a plan to taper their bond buying program and also hit, uh, mark the early moves towards reducing their generous monetary support that was extended at the height of the COVID nineteen pandemic. Of course, this could impact various asset classes, including the U.S. dollar, and in turn the broader FX space. What can we expect, and how might this actually shape a forex market? markets in the days and months to come. Well, today on Forex Fridays, we are once again joined by Mr. Peter Chia, the senior FX strategist at UOB, to help us outline and preview the upcoming speech by Fed Chair Powell and what it will mean for currencies globally. Mr. Chia, thank you so much for joining us today. Peter, glad to hear you and your loved ones are still safe and in good health during these uncertain times. And welcome to the show. Happy Friday, sir. All right. So, Peter, you know, we're hours away from the start of the Jackson Hole Symposium out of the United States. And at 10 p.m. Singapore time, Fed Chair Jerome Powell will be making his much awaited speech. It's arguably the event to monitor for this entire month. And we've seen that the dollar index was flexing leading up to the event. Is this going to lead to a long term leg up for the greenback if tighter policies are in the cards? Or will those who believe that the dollar is over is is, is a, a little bit uh, too strong at the moment or the dollar might be in for another leg of weakness? might be right. What are your thoughts on what this will mean for long-term strength for the greenback? Yeah, so uh, I think it is uh, by now, I think at the back of everyone's mind, it's quite clear that it's, it's, a, it's a matter of when rather than if there's going to be a fat paper. So if uh, if Jerome Powell is going to keep mum about that or provide little hints about uh, tapering uh, tonight, I think there is still a lot of hope. There's still a lot of uh, uh, pro- um, uh, view there that uh, in the next month, uh, September FOMC, the Fed will eventually announce uh, tapering, which uh, could be implemented later this year. So, uh, I, I mean, right now, tapering is more or less uh, uh, fully uh, well, fully priced in for this year. So. I believe that uh, that's probably the reason why the dollar has been flexing, like what you correctly said, uh, towards this event. I, I think in the last couple of months, the dollar has been gradually uh, recovering and also in line with higher use. So our view is that uh, this move will continue. We are just at this foothill uh, of uh, Fed normalization. Uh, we are only barely two months uh, into June FOMC where uh, where the Fed started to think about uh, normalization. So we are early into this process. Uh, my take is that this uh, repricing in dollar still have a lot of legs to go. We have the view that uh, in the next 12 months, dollar index currently at 93 could easily move towards 95 in the next 12 months. Is there any case that could be made for the greenback softening against its peers or any risks that might actually derail the dollar's move up, Peter? Yes, the most obvious risk uh, to the current dollar strength is lies on the Fed. So currently, the market, or rather, the Fed has already signaled that they will they will do some sort of tapering by the end of this year. So if this timetable is shifted backwards uh, due to say concerns over the Delta variant, mm-hmm. then there could be some weakness of the dollar coming uh, uh, as a result of this. Another way to that potentially could see the dollar. Uh, retreat a little bit is when 
let's say the peers, that means uh, dollar is always quoted dollar against uh, other currency, right? So if like if uh, of the likes like euro or your sterling pound starts to to start to gain on its own, that's usually on the back of the context that uh, if you remember at the start of this year, we we are in this story that uh, the, the whole world will heal together. Yeah, so uh, mm-hmm. we are towards the end of the tunnel, and come by now, it's, it's, I mean, right now, yes, we are still moving towards the end of the tunnel, but uh, it's clear that the whole world is not into that together. So uh, uh, until we, 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 the whole world gets the, the act together and the whole the global economy recovers on a more sustained basis, uh, other than that, uh, that typically will, 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 will help other currencies with respect to the dollar. So oh. until that happens, uh, I, I still see that dollar is king. Now, we've been talking about the Fed a lot because technically when mm-hmm. the Fed moves, it also might dictate the trend for global economic policy or monetary policy, that is, and uh, really who might mm-hmm. actually follow suit in terms of possibly tightening some of the support. Leading mm-hmm. up to the last two weeks, mm-hmm. everyone was expecting that the Reserve Bank of New Zealand in the region was going to tighten first. But this time, Seoul struck first with the Bank of Korea raising rates. Now, it's a precarious time, actually, because when you look at it, mm-hmm. South Korean exports are among the only bright spots in the economy that still be set by COVID-19 uncertainties up in South South Korea. Does this uh, lead to a long-term bolstering of the Korean won? And who else in the region might be de- might uh, decide to follow suit or is in a position to do so alongside the Bank of Korea? Yeah, so uh, what's interesting this time around uh, is that because of the pandemic and also uh, the different pace at which uh, economies are emerging out of the, uh, the, the, the pandemic. So you are seeing that uh, compared to other rate hike cycle uh, led by the Fed. Uh, different countries will will tighten uh, at different timing, depending on how uh, this time around, how they get out of the pandemic. So the, the perfect example would be like your comparison between uh, South Korea and that of New Zealand. I mean, New Zealand was expected to be the first to tighten uh, within uh, Asia, Asia region. But uh, I mean, up to one day before the decision itself, I mean, everyone was guessing yes. Mm-hmm. The RBNZ straightforward hike on that day itself, but on the day itself, because of just one coronavirus case, and uh, the central bank decided to play it very cautious, so they delayed the hike. But uh, yes, we are still expecting them to eventually get out this this troubleful situation uh, in terms of coronavirus and to hike uh, in the coming months. But I think it's a little bit tricky. Uh, I think going forward to expect. Uh, which central banks to hide because it depends on the country's appetite or the country's view on how they are uh, facing this crisis. So, like in the case for South Korea just yesterday where, where, where they hide interest rates, uh, but uh, that is in response to asset prices that's rising very rapidly, particularly home prices that's rising very strongly in Korea. So they are acting on that. Uh, but uh, the they also noted that um, in the background, coronavirus is still a very big worry. So that could potentially slow them down for further hikes. But uh, yes, uh, I think the bigger question on who will hike first and how much they will hike, it all depends on how uh, the coronavirus, how they had the, the particular country handle the coronavirus outbreak from here. Right. So not a very straightforward case, I think, at least to me. All right, uh, we're listening to Peter Chia, Senior FX Strategist at EOB here on Forex Fridays. I want to shift our attention, Peter, now to our local currency, the Singapore dollar, and your outlook, because there are also hopes of a reopening being slightly sto- stoking the uh, prospects 
of the Sing dollar, giving it even more of a firm base. There's also always a possibility the Monetary Authority of Singapore might also firm up its stance in lockstep with the rest of uh, these policymakers across the mm. globe. How much has the last couple of weeks changed your outlook for the local currency right now? Is there still a case for much flexing for the Singapore dollar, or, or will strength for the local currency be capped in, in, indeed? Yeah, so Sing, Sing dollars pretty much move in line with its uh, uh, trade partners in the trading basket. So uh, I think most of our trading partners, uh, to a certain extent, are still being affected in a big way by the virus. So being, uh, like, uh, we, if we take guidance from all these different currencies in our trade basket, uh, I think my, our view is that MAS will not really jump the gun and announce in October that they will tighten policy uh, in terms of in, in Singapore, uh, our, our best hope uh, is for uh, maybe next year where we can see clearer signs that uh, inflation is on an uptick in uh, on a more sustained basis in Singapore. Then um, perhaps the MES will be more uh, more urgent to do something about that. But currently, inflation core inflation at around one percent. I think it hardly argues for any materially or imminent move from the MES at least in the next couple of months. All right. Peter, you know, we seldom talk about the Hong Kong dollar. I want to shift gears now mm-hmm. to that currency because, as we know, the Hong Kong dollar trades within a fairly strict peg. But the last right. couple of what, mo- weeks and months, really, we've seen rate pressures from the United States, uh, as we mentioned a while ago, and also these mm-hmm. regulatory uncertainties in the mainland starting to weigh on Hong Kong markets and tech stocks. These outflows coming out from uh, Hong Kong markets and tech stocks starting to flirt with bearish territory also. Um, you know, will we see extended volatility hit the currencies we've seen in the last couple of days? Sure. So, uh, for the benefit of our our listeners, I think uh, just to maybe uh, mm-hmm. recap that uh, Hong Kong dollar moved within a very narrow range, like what you mentioned, between seven point seven five per dollar to about seven point eight five per dollar. So, in the last couple of years, uh, we 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 often know that uh, because of hot money flowing to Hong Kong shares and uh, from uh, the southbound uh, the flow from China to Hong Kong for the stock market. The Hong Kong dollar is back, it, it benefits a lot. That's why it's always sticking on the stronger side of this band at 7.75. But I mean, in the last couple of months, with all this regulatory uncertainty, yes, it does weigh on the uh, Hong Kong dollar in the last couple of months. That's why it's also moving towards um, uh, now currently trading nearer to about 7.80 in the middle of this band. So, uh, but the other reason that is causing this move from 7.75 to about now about 7.80 is that the dollar is also gaining on its own and, and like on a broad based base, broad based manner. So that is also helping the dollar against the Hong Kong dollar. So, uh, but I think it's a bit too early to extrapolate this move from 7.8 to 7.85, which is at the top of the band where the dollar will be the strongest. Uh, typically, uh, based on uh, historical evidence. Um, we only see the dollar or the Hong Kong dollar at the weaker side of the band when the Fed really high, after the, the Fed begins the rate hike cycle. So that is, in our view, still a 2023 event. So uh, I think it's, it's a bit too early to, to say that dollar Hong Kong will go a lot higher from here. And Peter, just to recap the month that was, we did see a continued flight to safe haven currencies like the Swiss franc, the Japanese yen, and others. Do you think heading into September that this trend will continue? And if so, which safe haven might be worth favoring more? Yes, uh, indeed, uh, like JPU, like what you men- mentioned in the last uh, two months or so, because of this Delta variant and the concern 
uh, in the market. Yes, there's some uh, there's some uh, there's some appeal for safe haven currency like the Swiss franc and also the yen. But I think the market at the same time, while they are concerned, they are not overly concerned. Uh, mm-hmm. To a certain extent, if you see uh, equity at record highs, you still see uh, yields uh, gradually creeping higher, which is usually a sign of a better outlook. So um, I, I think even I think this is this will be something like a short term event. So uh, and uh, until we see clearer evidence that Delta variant is affecting life in a way that we've seen last year. Until that, I think this demand for short uh, safe haven may be a little bit more short-lived. Uh, we do see that dollar-yen will hit higher, meaning uh, yen will eventually weaken back uh, in line with dollar uh, dollar strength. And likewise, for dollar strength, will hit higher also. All right. Peter Chia, Senior FX Strategist at UOB, thank you so much for joining us today on Forex Fridays. To recap the month that was and help us preview the upcoming speech by Fed Chair Jerome Powell at the Jackson Hole Symposium. Peter, as always, I wish you and your loved ones continued health and safety during these uncertain times. And we look forward next time we can have you back at the show. Meanwhile, have a great weekend ahead, sir. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.